you really streaming? Do you like wait to see until anyone's watching? No. No, I think we just ignore everyone who's watching. You know, we should have an intro at some point. We'll figure it out. You should say what we're doing. Why are we doing this? Okay, go ahead. Why are we doing this? Okay. Oh, okay. Why are we doing this? Okay, so I'm Kim. This is my husband, Jason. We have been working on various businesses together since 2006 officially. Yeah. 2015, this specific um, membership plugin. 15 years? Yeah, I guess it was 2005 to now, 15 years. Okay, long time. Um, We live together, we're husband and wife. We raise a family together. Uh, We work together all day long. We never get a break from the business and from being parents. And we're often talking in the kitchen about fun business topics, life topics. Yeah. And we're like, we're pretty smart. People you would benefit if they could hear us. <laughs> we need to save this for prosperity. We so, say, yeah, we yeah. do. We say like, oh, we should be recording this. This is an interesting conversation. And then we never get around to it. So Yeah. So every week we're going to we keep track. Be like, hey, let's talk about that on Friday. Let's talk about that on Friday. Yeah. We have a list of about six things we might get to. Maybe and not. We should get it. Oh, we should start. Uh, construction. We'll start every episode oh. with a status of construction on the office farm. We bought the house we live in now two years ago, and there's an outbuilding pole barn. Yeah. It's empty. It was used previously as the storage for RV for the previous owners. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not RVers no. yet. Yeah, no, we, now, we had already gone on a contract to renovate the RV yeah. garage when we are like, an RV would be a really good idea now. But we love the house, but it doesn't have a private office for either of us. Right. Um, I'm comfortable working out of the kitchen office. There's a little desk situation, mm-hmm. uh, but Jason's just migrating all day, and trying to find peace and quiet. Um, and now that COVID has happened, our kids are not going to school. They're not. They haven't been at school, and it's summer, so they're here with us, right. taking over Jason's desk and more. So the off, we wanted to start building the office last year yeah. before the summer, but we kind of missed the boat. And then we're like, hey, let's start next spring. This spring came around, and then there was COVID. Then it was delayed a bunch of months. It's finally like breaking ground. Yes. Like there's a giant iron beam inside of the garage, yep. and they're, next week they're coming to frame it. And hopefully, it was like 12 weeks from now, it's supposed to be done. So we can yeah, have right. like 12. Is that double the we'll estimate of six? We're at least going to do episodes of this show until the office is done. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So that's the status now. Uh, status is not livable. <laughs> yeah. I beam up to <laughs> precariously. Don't go in there. It's not safe. We were told. Right. So right. that's all we have so right. far. So next week it's supposed to be uh, framed. We'll see next yeah. Friday where we're at. Okay. And then you start the first topic here, Ken. Okay. First topic is about the Shape Up book and okay. project, project right management system. This. And uh, this week, we just ended like a shape-up cycle. You could explain maybe what shape-up is, and then maybe just dive also into like how you felt about this past cycle. Okay. So we manage a paid memberships pro, a membership plugin for WordPress, and we have a team, including ourselves, of 13 people that work on the project. And up until the beginning of this calendar year, how we decided what to work on was very fluid. Um, It was kind of based on what people were interested in. It was kind of based on the need. And a lot of times it was just a fire drill for an issue that we found that we had to fix rapidly. Um, We're getting to a place where the team has grown and the business has grown that we're able to take a step back and better evaluate 
what we're going to work on and why. So the shape up idea is um, initially used by the product base camp and it has you collectively write and design a six week, a two week, however many weeks long project centered around a specific goal. Um, and then as a management team, review the projects that are up and available and then choose them and put them out on the schedule for that next cycle term. So we did this. This is our second cycle. Yeah. We've completed. We skipped a cycle when um, the coronavirus chaos began and just kind of abandoned any high expectations. We were focused on support and kind of treading water and yeah. making sure our team stayed sane and safe. So we did it this past cycle um, and we had kind of a preparing for the next cycle call on Tuesday. And I think there was some dissent a little bit. I guess, so something that happens every cycle we've done so far, and it's kind of happens. I hear of other people who are implementing shape up and the shape up book is free. So find a look up shape up book on, on the base camp website. It's free. So you can read all about it. But um, one of the, one of the ideas is to say, Hey, we have six weeks and we're going to implement this and you shape the work so you can get it done in six weeks. And the idea is at the end of six weeks, if you're done or not, or whatever you have, like, that's it. Stop. Yeah. Like that was it. And I think part of the idea is um, to force you to like work within six weeks. But if you messed up and you didn't estimate well or figure it out, you're, what often happens on projects, it's like you say, hey, this might take six weeks, and it ends up taking six months. And it just mm -hmm. drags on, drags on, because you feel like you have to finish it. You're invested. Yeah. So the idea of Shape Up is you'll have a project like, hey, I thought this would take six weeks. We didn't get it done. And now it's like, hey, don't keep working on it. You have to pitch it for the next cycle. And then you pitch the next cycle. Hopefully, you've learned something. You can make a better estimate for how to finish it. But what was it like the beginning of last cycle? We had like 12 projects. It might have been 12, something like that. We had like 10 projects that we were pitching yes. and bidding considering, on. We were considering yes. these 10 projects. And we we, we had, had a schedule of two months to fit them in across um, like four different people kind of managing each project. Um, and we fit like, I think it was 10. We fit eight of them in and there was two left over. And then like Andrew said, I could really do that one. So this one will only take half as long and this one I'll do. And then we said, oh, so-and-so could work on this one. Like uh, some new people we hired. Let's have the new people work on that one. Yeah. And so we ended up like all 10 things. We was like, which of the five, 10 things too are we many. working on? And we're like, all 10. It fits in two months. Let's do it. So we kind of took on too much. Yes. Um, so some of the projects either still require some work or another thing we found is that it's a bit of an afterthought in the base camp, you know, shape up book, like how you market and launch a feature. They're talking about features for their software as a service app. And they're like, when the feature's out, you push it to production. And now everyone can use the new feature. Um, but our projects aren't like features, and it's not a software as a service. It's open source. And so if we yeah. built kind of, I guess, yeah, some of the things we built were like new products. But most of they're features, but they're big. And it's like, this has to be, there's like a change process of how to like educate people about the new feature and how to prepare them for it and make sure it's backwards compatible and so like documentation has to be updated email marketing all this stuff has to be done so that's another thing like we're in some cases we're finished with the code but there's both like from a technical standpoint i'm like i'm not gonna merge that in and push it out yet it needs to you know we need to figure out like how to do that safely without breaking 100,000 sites and from a marketing standpoint it's like oh we need all the documentation in place right. so there's like all this extra work we're like, hey, I coded a thing. Kind of where we're at is 
there's there might be you know a technical goal reached with these projects and they got done within their time frame but now they kind of just sit and wait for code review and they wait for the marketing team to take them over and you know give them the attention that they should deserve from a marketing standpoint the content that they deserve webinars like this yeah. all that stuff and i'm feeling very responsible that all 10 things have to be them all pushed out. And, yeah, and We have the month of August piece. to take vacation and also push all the stuff that we built. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I can reconcile the just Sorry. leave it, let it go yeah. kind of mentality. I mean, part of it is knowing that we could pitch it for next cycle to complete, to make us feel better. And then as in all things in, in our business, and I think in general, if we, we, we always set it up so we're at least learning. So a lot of times we do experiments on the website. We try to launch a new product. We try to do a brand new thing. There's a lot of risk involved. So it's like, oh, maybe we built this whole plugin and we tried to launch it and no one cared about it. But like at least we learned along the way like about that solution and how to launch in the future and things like that. And it's like, that's happening. So even if some of the stuff doesn't didn't get pushed and there's still this month, we'll still push it. We'll still yeah. potentially push it later. <laughs> the other person who works closely with me in marketing, Travis, was advocating that pitches include more of the marketing piece in them. So if it's a more technical development project, like SendWP um, was a good one that just turned out and worked because it was a yeah. week-long project. I got involved early. The documentation had to be done for them to accept yeah. it. So that one, it worked. But the, the larger development projects just kind of live with the developer until someone from marketing pokes their head in and says, you know, what's going on here? And we're busy enough that we're not poking our head in or and we're not being pulled that, in. Yeah. I, I think there is a case to add I, some of that. Yeah. But I'm also okay with like building it and it works and it doesn't have to be launched yet. And then we, now we figure out the marketing and then we launch it. Like eat, like each of those is a separate six weeks to build it, six weeks potentially to market, maybe two weeks or four weeks to market it. Two weeks to launch it, like that's, and, and it it could be done in that process because if you if you're like building documentation too early and you're like you know what like I, I moved it it's not on that page it's on this other one you got to update your videos and stuff, um, it's kind of too much pressure on the developers to be like are you sure this is 100 how it's going to work you're like nah we're making changes yeah anyway. but and if then, it's, if the developers are estimating six weeks to develop then yeah. the pitch should take eight weeks. Um, and leave two weeks for marketing. But I think it's like, no, develop, and then after you have it, then you market it. But it's like, I, you like, you oh, it's, now that, it's built. I want, it, I want it out there. Yeah, you get to I that point where you have this, you know, graveyard of code. It's not a graveyard. It's like, and <laughs> it's a graveyard. I check my wine. <laughs> we started with a hot topic between us. It feels like a graveyard of code. It feels like we should have never done it. Like, why did we um, even... It's still there. It's ready to go. We have so much code, like, ready to go. Like, so many gists that can be plugged in, and so then many we're, plugins that can be brought At the same us. time, in this yeah. these few weeks, imagining new projects that are going to be shiny and fun mm -hmm. and unknown. Okay. And they're going to win the bid. Oh, for the next cycle. I we're feel gonna, like we're, it would be hard to win a bid. And at the same time... No. Marketing is limited. Develop development is I think bigger, right. so they hey, can build have, and grow more. They strength. can produce more than we can, and then we can only accept like two pitches oh. of marketing. 
Is marketing a bottleneck on development? I don't know. Is We're it- a bottleneck on release. Uh, yeah. For sure. Um, so to say like, we're going to, we built this thing last cycle. This cycle, yeah. we're going to, marketing stuck with it. Stuck with No, this is fun. Like you got this new stuff we just launched and now you get to push it out. That's so good. then there's a limit of how many bids can be accepted by but, the marketing team. And like the development team is, shouldn't always be building complicated things that need documentation to release. If like there's a backlog of stuff that needs to be marketed, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this cycle, let's fix obvious bugs. Let's fix things that don't yeah. require marketing input. Let's refactor code. Like a refactor update is like no one even notices. You're like, yeah, this took me two weeks to build, and you won't even notice. How do you go into better. the bid you know, optimizations table like that. with that? You know, do you communicate that now to the people writing mm-hmm. pitches and say, this cycle yeah. is going to look like this, and this is so. what we're trying yeah. to do. Like, yeah. we have this backlog, not yeah, a graveyard, yeah. a backlog of stuff. So we know that we want that. Yeah. It's no brainers to, be, to uh, accept those. And the other things. thing that would help is we thought we have a weird team where um, we're not full time, we're part time. Um, like we have to handle support and yes. development. Okay. It's like my, like my job. Oh, no, we're all full time. <laughs> we're more than full time. We're full time, but like we we have to maintain the business mm-hmm. and support it and kind of do a lot of day to day activities. And so yeah. we don't have eight hours to develop. We have like four. Yeah. So the cycle that's suggested on Shape Up is six six weeks, and we did like eight weeks, Same. ten weeks almost, like two months. And uh, I think it was nine weeks we came up with, but two months. But we were like two months on, one month off instead of six weeks, two weeks off. And that's like too long because yeah. you feel in the middle, you're like, man, that stuff we did like last month, I want to release it. And I'm yes. like, well, now I'm supposed to work on this. So we're going to do a shorter cycle and hopefully that helps too. We're like, there's less time in between. Yeah. And accept know? less things yeah. total. I felt that way after the first one. The second one like solidified it, like too many things. Hey, I have, a, I have an idea about the podcast here. Whoever brings up the topic, we'll, we'll keep going back and forth. Okay. The other person should get the last word. Oh, it's okay. okay. Going for it. We'll figure it out. We're nice. Okay. But if we are trying to figure out the stuff. last word. So you get the last word on this one. We're going to switch topics now. Um, What's the last word? Like, do I make a decree? Oh, because when we get to like 10 minutes on a topic, I'm going to say we got to move on. We got to move on. And you're like, you'll get the last word. Though. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> the next topic, homeschooling our kids. Oh, gosh. Um. So like a lot of folks with kids, we have an 11 year old boy and an eight year old girl. Um, and our kids were going to a private Montessori school for the past three years up until this uh, spring. Yeah. Um, and I'm on the school board for the Montessori school too. So when COVID oh, hit, like I, like a couple of weeks before, like the general lockdowns went in, I was like, Hey, this thing, you know, like, what are we going to do? We should potentially close the school. Um, and we ended up closing the school and they did like a remote, um, uh, at, home. at home, yeah. So it was like virtual over Zoom with the classrooms, and like to be to give credit to like both the administrators at the school and the teachers, like they did an amazing job. Yeah. And like I think they had there was like two weeks. We took two weeks before we shut it down, and even then they shipped something home in the middle, like one week after. Yes. So the school's closed for like one week, and they figured it out. They're like this is how we do it virtually, and yeah. a lot of these teachers who hadn't done this kind of stuff before, like set up a program from scratch. And I think in our case, it's a private Montessori school. They did a better job from what we hear of like the public schools around this area in terms of like actually um, staying in touch. But that said, we had like a few months of that at home and we're like, yeah, it's not so great. It was no. kind of um, distracting for us. Like uh, you, you can, especially our eight-year-old, she won't sit in front of the computer and actually stay focused no. on the teacher. And she'll get assignments and like 
the teacher can really do math with her over the screen. Like one of us has to be next to her and like be her teacher for that moment and do math. Um, That's something every parent yeah, was facing last yeah. school year and will be facing yeah. this school year, you know? So what, when, so we were like, Hey, let's just coast out the end of the year and then we'll figure out what happens in the fall. Um, in the fall, so we're like, hey, like, let's, you never know. It's stuff's changing every month of the month. It seems like the virus is getting worse, not better. Right. In terms of spreading and health. Um, public schools are closing. Our private school is staying open, like, and I'm on the school board. I'm one of those, like, um, I mean, I read these tweets, and it's like, how hypocritical to keep your kids at home and then, as a school board, decide to open a school and figure out how to keep it safe. Um, we don't have to get in that. And that's tough because when the, the staff and the students and the teacher and the parents all want the school to open, like you're like, all right, here you go. We'll open and we'll sign the waiver and here's how we try to make it as safe as possible. But personally, I'm like, I'm not going to send my kids there. I don't want mostly the uncertainty. Like um, when someone gets sick or something happens, every or you're going to be worried about this if it doesn't happen. It's like, okay, the squats close for two days. You have to clean it. It's sick. And it's, I, I, I'm not good with uncertainty. I'm like, I'm going to know. And our kids aren't exactly. either. They, yeah. That yeah. would really rip them apart to start and then yeah. have it happen. It would be the morning exactly over again. You know, this like yeah. joy that I'm going back and then the morning period yeah. that it's over again. Yeah, it'd be, and it's just every day they'd have to worry about it and think about it. And like, I don't know. So it's like, Hey, this is an opportunity to learn and like, let's try homeschool. How can we do it? I've been reading up on homeschool. I've been reading up on unschooling as well. Mm-hmm. Unschooling. So homeschool, Kim, and then <laughs> is we got to like uh, 58 to talk about this. Maybe. Okay. All right. So homeschooling is, you know, teaching your kids at home. Yeah. And in Pennsylvania, you apply for homeschool. Um, you have to keep track of the books they're reading. You have to um, schedule one appointment at the end of the year with like a consultant who looks over the work the kids have done for the year. So you have to like the same thing we did kind of Montessori. They had a best work portfolio of like the stuff they were learning every month. You have to collect that and then present it to the consultant who then tells the school district like, yes, they were really doing school at home. Third yeah. Grade. yeah, yeah. And they have like a recommended curriculum for every grade level. Kids should know this, this, and that, and the other thing. Um, unschooling is like, don't even do school. What's the point? Like, um, take them out. Like you can, in, in Pennsylvania, other states, it's all different. Pennsylvania it has to be like on religious grounds. You're like, I don't even want to send my kid to school. Um, and it sounds extreme, mm-hmm. but like, and it's kind of a hippie thing. All these hippies online are like, it's fine. Like humans learn, like we're natural learners. And actually school isn't the best environment. And you don't have to push a kid. Like when they're ready and they want to learn something and they get interested, like they'll learn. And if you're there as a parent, to kind of be available for them and be like, oh, let me help you learn that thing you're interested in. It's kind of like you could like take as many like World War II tests every year in school. And if you don't aren't interested, you're not going to remember it. Like you come out of school and it's not like you really know what happened in World War One. But if you're like you get really into it for a week and you watch like five documentaries and like read a couple, like you now are like, you know, um, in my adult life, I learn things like I'm I want to learn about homeschool and like I absorb all this stuff and like I learn a ton, you know, like immediately. That's kind of how kids learn too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if you need a GED, like supposedly I hear like uh, a relatively average intelligence 18 year old can study for a month and pass a GED or whatever. You know what I mean? And like get the equivalent of like a high school education in terms of like accreditation. And mm-hmm. um, unschoolers go to college like more often than like 50. And it might be the case of like the type of conditions of the parents. Um, you know, if they're more well off or something, 
that the more likely to go to college, but like 60% of unschoolers go to college and only like 48% of average students do. So it's not, um, so I'm leaning towards unschooling and it's like, Hey, it's only a year. Our kids also kind of are, are intelligent and mm-hmm. kind of on pace. Our son is and ahead of pace. Learning disabilities that yeah. are we don't have that worry about them falling yeah. behind. I should let you talk. But no, um, this is all you. <laughs> I like I need to spend the time. So like <laughs> the idea is I'll officially and it's funny that uh, Pennsylvania is gonna find us. You said you were going to. Yeah. We're officially gonna enroll them in homeschool. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna lean towards the unschooling and like not necessarily have like you have to finish this math book by the end of the month. Yeah. We're gonna just have all the materials available. And what they seem interested in that week, that's on me. Every afternoon, I'm going to stop work and be like available for the kids and be like, you said you were interested in this. All right, let's do it together. Let's do this, you know, and try to make on the fly, make up assignments around this. It's going to be a challenge and adventure because it's crazy. Like my daughter, we get in fights like when we do like math homework together. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets really brutal. It's like the worst. Um, They don't listen to like they, it's, um, I remember trying to teach Isaac to ride a bike. And like no. he won't listen to me. And then my uncle Jeff just like is like, let me try this. And all of a sudden, the kids you probably if you have kids, you see still like listen every word. It was like he was yeah. not even listening to me. How do I do it? And then Uncle Jeff just like pushes him down a grass hill on the bike, like go. And he figures it out. And like in like two minutes, he's riding the bike. And I was like, man, I can't even get him to like listen to anything. The first step. That's probably just being their parent like being for, like yeah. right. Yeah. You know. And I think school's the same way. I mean, Marin is like, you don't understand. And I'm like, I'm pretty intelligent. Like, I graduated third grade. Like, I know how to subtract. I'm like, you should trust me. I think the answer is six. And she's like, does no, but the teacher said. um, But we also like, we so we we got through that challenge this spring a minute Mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, like the kids kind of understand, like, I'm your teacher. And I feel hopefully the unschooling, there's less of a like, I'm forcing you to do something you're not into anyway. It's like, well, you want to do this. I'm just helping you, you know? Um, and so hopefully that dynamic works and we'll see. That's going to be fun. I'm worried about your Last mental word. health. Too much my mental health. I know. <laughs> Never mind, but. You need more wine for your mental health. I think it's going to be yeah. interesting. It, it, we don't know yet. Yeah. Any, you know, how's it going to yeah. go? You know, I think we just try it mm-hmm. and at any point we can reverse anything and yeah. change it, you know? Yeah. It's it's a crazy time. Like it's it's wild. Um, if I could feel safe, I think it would be good to get some kind of tutor or some kind yeah. of like you Micro know school. education student or something um, to get that income and to give our kids a break from us yeah. and us a break from them. You know, and that might come up, and I feel like. But it's hard to know that that's a safe yeah. choice if you're you know it's less exposure. Yeah, I kind of I guess I'm like a controlling person. Like I want to be involved. Like, I don't want to just, like, outsource right. this to someone else. I'm going to have to be there anyway. Right. Um, and I do feel like tutors and individual subjects, um, it's funny, too. We were sending our kids to private school, so that costs money. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about stuff where it's like, oh, like, if they get into piano again, mm-hmm. it's like, that's a that's almost like an education budget we have. It's like yes. what we were paying for private school. It's like, oh, all right, let's hire, like, a really great piano mm-hmm. tutor. You know, that will help you. And like, they know how to teach piano better than I do, for sure. <laughs> that time we tried to do it over the phone. That was so bad. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if she's in the right position. I don't know the position. Okay. <laughs> you get the last word and then oh. next subject. I think the last word is to be determined because okay. we don't. We'll we don't know. This is kind of just like a. Yeah. We said it, so it's true. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, we're not reading comments, but we'll try to okay. address afterwards. Hopefully these comments, I think we'll, we'll like, we'll follow up on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Yes. So we'll see your comment afterwards. Yeah. And follow up. All right. Next topic, vague help requests. I don't know if you want to. Okay. Oh, can I zoom in on this so you can read it? I guess this is, we, we talked about how, um, <laughs> well, this person better not be on. No, they're not. Um, <laughs> part of this is to expose what running a membership business is like, what working remotely is like, what living and working with your spouse is like. So it will be a mix of life topics and business topics, I guess you would say. Um, mm -hmm. Neither of us are a member of any type of um, mastermind group. Yeah, like no private one. A long time ago on social media, we tried to find other founder couples, you know, couples that work together. Um, it would be weird to be in a mastermind group separate of you. It might yeah. be great. Like when we were at Cabo Press and we would split up. Yes. And it's we're like one person business-wise. Yes. Like we couldn't be hired. You know, if I ever interview for a job, I like, you have to hire my wife or she's, you know. I'm not gonna, I don't actually know half the things it seems I know. It's really we work hard. together. Yeah. So that's why I think <laughs> if we were in a mastermind group, would they allow a married couple in it? Or is yeah, there a certain type of mastermind group that you would need that was only based of couples like this? And then mm -hmm. I would do breakouts and stuff and it would, yeah. you know, work that way. But in a way, like this is, we have our own mastermind group, you and me. Yeah. So now we've oh, public, right. made it public, <laughs> right? Okay. So this is more of a business topic and it has to do with the type of email queries, support queries we get for the plugin. But you might also be getting these types of questions about your membership product. And it's just a very vague support request. It's not very much information or information that you know is very easily found in content on your site. Yeah, yeah. You know, and easily found because you, you know where that? it is. Like, so I this is what someone yeah. emailed us. Can you please explain me your pricing features refund policy, documentation of your features, and whole details. <laughs> I want to know more details about your plugin. And I chuckle when I see an email like this because... Did you just reply with the link to the website? We didn't like, reply. Okay. You told us not to, so we were like, okay. We're oh, we're just to. like, yeah. yeah. Um, That's a tactic. Sometimes people in general, so sometimes it's not that vague or specific, they, but it's like, if you Google, you will get this answer. Yes. And so when people ask those questions, I'm like, give it a little time. They'll probably try Google try write, after this. Yes. So give it a few hours at least, maybe a day, before you Google it for them and get back to it. Like, they might figure it out on their own. You know, like, sometimes it's that easy. It might also be a, an email they're writing to many people like us. Yeah. So they're copy-pasting, blind copying the email contact forms for various membership plugins, and then, you know, asking the research to be done for them almost. Sometimes that's good, like if you reply and you're like, I'm the owner of the business, here What's you go somehow. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe you got back. No one ever replies to me. Such good care. Thank you for answering my question very specifically. That's like kind of good marketing, but sometimes it's a trap. Yes. Because the kind of person who just says, you know, does your plugin do the main sentence it says it does on the homepage? Right. And you're like, and you go above for them, then like uh they're like, Oh, you're gonna make a whole website for me for free or 300 bucks, you know, and they're like, oops. And you kind of just, then you don't know when to cut it off. You're like, I have to cut them off at some point. It's hard to respond know. to a vague request like that and not sound rude and, and like, yeah. like you're pandering. You just want to, like, there's the case 
no reply is kind of the best reply sometimes, especially when you don't know how to say in a kind way that won't come across yeah. rude. Just go to our website. Or right? like use, when people haven't used it, especially because it's free and open source, it's like mm-hmm. you got to install it and use it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, how do I add a level? It's like, as soon as you install it, there's a link that says, here's how you yes. add a level. Like, like you'll figure it out if you try it. And I guess it's a big deal, but it, yeah, when they're so vague, it's like, I can't tell you, man, you guys spend the time doing yeah. research. Like, yeah. I think that too evolves over the life of a product. So if you're just starting out and you get big support requests, you probably will go above and beyond. You probably will yeah, the time yeah. tell them everything. Um, we had another support person recently feel like they're getting less than they used to get for, uh, for their, and they're in a, a reduced price for the product and they feel like the service has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's interesting. And it also speaks to the life of the product because when it was just starting out, yeah, we did everything people asked. We yeah. went above and beyond every moment. You know, really, we like, you did this, you're like, now there's an add on that does this. Everything, every feature request became yeah. code, became an add on, yeah. rolled into core. Um, and I, it, it helped it grow to where it is. But, but now we have a giant footprint of yes. like this technical debt we've had maintained. I think when other people but, are starting but, WordPress businesses, it's natural to want to work every also, day, all yeah. day, answer every question, yeah. respond positively all the time 100% yes we'll do that and there's a lot of like early on that close interaction with the customer is really valuable it goes both ways so it's like me talking to you I'm learning about the types of businesses that want to use our software and so it's like either and we still every once in a while do something kind of pro bono where I do a consultation Mm -hmm. call where we spend more time than we usually do with customers because I'm like I'm curious about like their kind of site I want to learn Um, but that's not the case anymore like we've been doing that for a bunch of years and right Every once in a while, we're curious about a specific thing, but if someone says, like, How do, uh, does your membership plug-in have membership levels? I'm like, I'm not going to learn anything from talking to that right. guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, early on, it's good to, like, be that close and attentive. But, yes. yeah, then people feel it when you aren't. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. We see that when with yeah. our support team when they – with Mary's on. Hi, Mary. Hey. I will read that comment. Does it tell us when we started? I don't know. It was, like, 30 – oh, 30 minutes. So we got oh, that's good. three. We're yeah, we're doing great. Okay, good. I was just going to say, for our support team, when they first start, they also want to go above and beyond. They're learning. Yeah. They're learning the customer. They want to do a good job and keep their job. They want to make yeah. the customers super duper happy. Yeah. We want them to. We don't not want happy customers. But and a lot of them come from a general WordPress development. You know, maybe they were, you know, had worked at an agency. Maybe they had their own, you know, subcontracting of building sites. So they used to interface directly with the client, bill hourly and do everything the client wanted. Yeah. It's a lot different with the product. With a product like this where I, I talk about there that has to the, be a line. The the going from consulting the products mm-hmm. talk that I've given a couple of times. It's on WordPress.tv um, or, or the Stranger Studios blog. But yeah, that's the biggest thing is the in consulting you go above and beyond and you solve every problem they have. Like that's how you make money. That's kind of your job. That's how you get referrals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have a bad customer and you're like, you figure it out. And even then, like people can be like absolute trash to you. They're not paying you and you're still keeping on a smiley face. Yes. And you're like, I guess we're just not a good fit. And maybe this other company would be good. And you still try to help them, you know? Right. Um, it's like, but that time intensive 
handling of customers doesn't work when you have 100,000 users and like 10,000 customers. There's not enough time in the day for us to even spend five minutes on every customer replying to an email. So it's like every minute counts and you just, and so it almost feels bad because like as someone who comes from a consulting world where like you go above and beyond and make everyone happy and like you never have a sad customer, even like the ones that are bad customers don't even know because you're so good at like masking. (laughs) Like, um, they're bad. I hear yeah, yeah. So it's like you just do it to like you just don't have time for that at scale, and, and so you know you you can't go above and beyond, and, and you can you see these red flags where like someone wants something, you're like you. So it's hard that you can solve someone's problem, That's but hard. you won't because I'm not going to spend time solving your problem. I could build a whole website for you. Yes, I have to do this other stuff because this is what I think is important to maintain this yeah. software and business and all that stuff. And um, so you see red flags, and you just kind of know like it. Oh, it will me spending two hours helping them this very specific issue be the end of it? Or is it just gonna right. lead to the next thing? And then they're like, wait, you know, and sometimes it's funny, they ask for support. They're like, can you get that other guy? Like, does he just like did it for me? Uh-huh. And we have a checkbox that says if you do custom code, like that's yeah. it, I'm done. Now I'm not allowed to. And so you try to tell, you know, but yeah. and you can't, it's hard, man, like it's hard. to explain how, you know, to some folks. Some people are ready to pay and like then. But then we're not equipped for that either. So no. if you need a real consultant who's going to answer the phone and do everything you want, like that's not us. Really like we could, but we can't, and it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was supposed to have the last word on that one. Oh, you did maybe. I guess I did. Yeah. Fake help requests. They're funny. We share them around. They're funny, but like, yeah. I guess it's a yeah. thing we, we we you know internally we're like, how do you handle these? <laughs> okay. Next topic. I'll start. Um, <laughs> okay. This is um. This is a good problem to have. What to do with excess cash? We have good jobs. We pay ourselves well. And then the business is making money. Yeah. We're very lucky in this time of COVID where like people are going online and yeah. starting online businesses and trying to get paid online, which is like has been our business. Yeah. And so business is better than usual. And we have our own COVID problems of like trying to like maintain staff who's all distracted and you know for good reasons and busy and stuff. And, leveling out and kind of maintaining the, the load and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but getting paid is not one of them. Um, so, um, let's see in the past we, yeah, it's funny. We keep like a, like, um, what do you call it? Like a safety net or like, mm-hmm. um, what is, is that the right word? I don't know. Cushion? Cushion. Yeah. Of cash, both like personally. Yes. It's like, Hey, we have this much. It's, you know, like six months expenses kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the business, same thing. Like, Hey, it's at least this many months of like payroll and expenses. Um, but which is a good idea. I think like right. we, um, it's, it's something, I don't know. Sometimes I see people that are like, you know, I was talking to someone who was like, what would you do if you had a hundred thousand dollars? And I was like, yeah, like I would keep it in the bank for safety. And like, it was almost like, there's a type of business person who's always at the edge. They're in debt. Okay. They mortgage the house. And like, if they weren't like, cause you know, like we could have a hosted version of PM pro. We could have another version. We could, you know, hire twice as many developers and tackle everything at once. But I feel like it would spiral out of control and we wouldn't do well, but some people push as hard as possible and leverage, Yeah. but we don't work that way. We've been kind of risk adverse. So we have cash saved up. Um, and now there's like some extra from the past three months have been good. And it's like, we have a general idea of like, when there's excess cash, we invest it for the future and for the kids and stuff. And we make investments, but we kind of have this cash where like, I don't like, we don't want to just take it out of the business and make it an investment no. for ourselves. Um, we want to still be kind of safe with it because who knows, you know, what's going to happen like in the economy months from now or the business or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess it's on my mind. Um, one thing I learned was this trick of, of sorts of taking loans against brokerage accounts. So say we had a hundred thousand dollars extra. Mm-hmm. We kind of, we want access to the cash in case we need it. So we don't want to like buy a real estate investment that we won't be able to sell right away. Something right? locked up. Okay. Yeah. But we could buy stocks and you could sell stocks kind of whenever mm-hmm. on a market day. But also, even if you have stocks, you might not want like, oh, like I bought the stock and now it's down, but it's a good investment for five years. I definitely invest stocks on like a five-year timeline. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to just like have to be forced to sell a stock to raise money. Um, you're like, hey, if I'm investing in the market, I want to be able to like know that money will be around. So there's a thing you can do like, with e- I, we can do this with E-Trade where like, say we had $100,000 account. E-Trade is like for up to half of that for like two to 5% interest, annual interest, they will give you a loan. So if we had $100,000 invested in stocks, E-Trade would give us $50,000 cash. We would pay up to 5% on the, every year on that cash. So it's a way for us to kind of still have a safety net, but access the cash. You and again, sell the stock. Yeah. And worse comes to worse, you're like, I can't pay back that loan. Then you sell the stocks and the pay stocks. back the loan, the, the money from the stocks. And yet it's 50%. So the market would have to tank more than 50% for you to like, you know, lose. And whenever you put money in the market, it's a risk. Yes. But um, especially now, actually, <laughs> but it's kind of, I don't know. So it's something I'm thinking about. So it's like, hey, here's a business trick that maybe some people know about where it's like, oh, like you have an extra hundred thousand dollars. You don't want to like put it away so you can have access to it. But you want to be you. But you want to do something kind of more forward thinking and investment. You can invest it in stock market and take a loan against the, you know, and every brokerage account has different versions of this. Um, so I'm going to be looking into that and possibly that's what we're doing. With some of our excess cash. Last <laughs> word. Can't let me do all the investment and saving stuff. <laughs> Last word is I think we should just get a pool. <laughs> get a pool, <laughs> yeah. It's no. a good investment. It's not home, an investment. The value of our home. We'll everyone I talk to who has a pool yeah. hates their pool. Like is almost like everyone. Especially uh, all the people with kids that are older kids. Once your kids aren't young, they're all like, why do we have a pool? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That goes on the line of like making your house vacation like. Yeah. Not that was being a topic able to we travel. Talk about. That's true. Yeah. Like we, we go through this loop of like, going I wish we could go, we'd be going on a vacation this summer, but we can't. No family vacation. Like it's hard to travel with COVID. And then you figure out the way you could. You're like, all right, we could drive to the beach, get a beach house, make sure like rent it two days earlier so it's clean and make sure it's clean. Make sure the beach house has a pool. But then like you're in a beach town, but like you're not going to go to a restaurant. You're not going to no. go to the amusement park. When you go to the beach, you're going to be worried, and like you're just going to be in a house with a pool. Yeah. And and like you'll spend thousands of dollars to go be yeah. in a house with the pool for a week, and you're like, wow, that like five thousand dollars is a decent down payment on a pool right. for real. <laughs> like it buys a hot tub basically. You're like so, it's like let's just buy stuff for the house. And I think other people like if you look at a home depot oh, yeah. or Lowe's, I've been trying to buy a zipline. Oh really? It's yeah. Sold out. <laughs> <laughs> sold out. Everything for kids is sold out. Like baby pools. Bikes, bike helmets. I haven't been able to find. I was looking for a hoverboard for Marin. You can't find anything. Yeah. I don't know. The manufacturers are just not. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, a lot of the factories you know, and shipping is you know understaffed, yeah. and so the pipelines are closed down too. But yeah, people are like just spending money on their homes in the, the US. Right people who still have income. Yeah. Yeah. But 
we're going to go camping. So that's the other option. It's like take a really cheap vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With no running water. That's what you should do. Yeah, it'll be fun. Like a way to get back. Oh my gosh. That one's tough because we kind of live in the woods too. So it's kind of like we could be camping like at a place with no amenities in the woods or like we live in the woods, like just go sit in the backyard it's gonna be fun. during the day. But it's fun, yeah, just to be out of the house and doing something different. We're, we're maybe next week, like we're going to be like in the middle of buying and planning for camping. So like we can have a camping we have three topic. weeks till we go. Yeah. We got to start or buying two. some stuff. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tried to take notes on it. We'll share some camping tips next week. I got a podcast you can listen to from Leah on NPR. Oh, what's about that? Camping. It's, uh, it's, do you know the name? Do you remember? I'll, I'll show I'll you. Find it. We'll call them. It's like specifically like camping tips. Camping it's tips podcast. Very cool. New to camping. Here's how to get started on Life Kit. Hey, Joe. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, this one's mine. Next topic. You can introduce one. You okay. had it. You had an idea for a new a new business idea. Ideas come to you. We get them all the time. All all the time. Ideas come to me all the time. You know, I was in the bathroom when this one came, <laughs> and I was like, "What if?" Oh my goodness! So part of having this membership plugin is writing documentation for various third party integrations, specifically payment gateways, is where my head was at with this one, and. Writing documentation, how to find an API key, how to set up a webhook are two that we have to do for all the six payment gateways on our, our core ones, any add-on gateways that we offer. And every WordPress plugin developer yeah. has this same need. They have to write documentation for using a third-party tool. And third-party tools change. The screenshot changes. The location of the account button. Stripe just had a big update. To yes, the whole dashboard changed. <laughs> And it's very pretty, but every screenshot we have, possibly the text steps we have to locate yeah. a setting have changed. And that's on every plugin author that has a documentation page about Stripe now has to go do that. So I said, why isn't there a service that people could pay and subscribe to that served them accurate documentation provided by that third party? Mm -hmm. So... There's something called schema and schema on the web is a format to tell screen readers, search engines, what that content structure is and what type of content it is. So you can do interesting things with it. Um, you might see like an enhanced snippet at the top of a Google search right. for a recipe. recipe. Yeah. Jinx. And it will have ingredients and steps so that even with our, um, we have a Google hub. Is that what it's called? Nest hub. If I look uh, up a recipe yeah. on it, it'll show me the ingredient list. Mm -hmm. It'll show me the, the recipe steps, and it can advance me through step-by-step. Step. So yeah. I can use that screen as my cookbook. So I have this idea. Could we establish a schema for documentation yeah. and have buy-in from sources like Google, like Stripe, like PayPal to populate content into yeah. a shared... I guess at first you thought... This is what the service would do. People would maintain those docs on behalf of Stripe, maybe. We could maintain on behalf of Stripe. Yeah. So there could be a team that builds the most popular documentation yeah. drop-ins. Yeah. And we kind of sell them as a product and they get dropped on to the painters for a website on the Stripe doc page. Mm -hmm. yeah. We make money, they are their burden is less. Yeah. But you then 
take well, yeah, everything bigger. I guess it was interesting. It's like whenever Kim has a business idea or I have one, we, we talk about it. So we'll try to like have those kinds of discussions in public. It'll be okay. fun. We went a little far. On but one. one thing I always do is like in this case too, I was like, oh, we can make it more complicated and open source and free. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second. How do we make it? Because yeah. <laughs> um, Kim was like, hey, it's a service. What would yeah. you pay to be able, like we would pay someone, a, I don't know what it was, like $100 a month to $1,000 a month to like give us access to like documentation that you maintain. Yes. And we just know like when we, we on our site, it would say like, Find your Stripe, you know, um, API key, mm -hmm. and that documentation would just be maintained by someone yeah. else. And, and when Stripe updates, we don't have to like remember. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, that's like a bar. So it's kind of like scratching your own itch. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, that's when we got into the like, um, oh, what if it was like an like a format, mm -hmm. and you know, you just got Stripe to do the documentation in that format. Yeah. So that. It just was always available. You could subscribe to it like you do RSS feed. Like your site would just subscribe to the Stripe documentation and embed it. Um, and there's still room for a company to, like, there is a schema, like a how to schema. So I was like, they have to have this, like a document. And there is mm -hmm. one called How to, which is kind of applicable, kind of not. And there's tons of software for like code blocks and mm -hmm. there's tons of software to like manage your documentation yes. yourself. Um, Table of contents. Yeah. Stuff, and how to navigate it, make it stuff. easy yep. to link to and stuff. But like, it's like, man, why isn't there like an open standard for documentation yeah. that's just like as crawlable as anything else and like would make it really easy to like have JavaScript on your page that just says, I need to, I need, you know, describe the how-to. It's like straight, yeah. find the Stripe API key. And it's like, oh, you I would better document, write I, it. You like, as you're like, at, like, I could see it like in the WordPress editor, you're like, add documentation uh, and it'll yeah. bring up a search and you're like, install Stripe API key and would search mm -hmm. the internet for how to schema yep. like that. You'd be like, Oh, here's one on the Stripe website. And you're like, yeah, put that doc in my doc. Yeah. And it's kind of like shareable. Um, it's such a, there's like SEO implications when you create that documentation. Yeah. Like we, you want the traffic. You don't want other people to be able to embed it on their website. Yeah, one your of traffic, the you updating know. your Stripe API key <laughs> version. We have a blog post about that and it gets traffic. Yeah. Beyond what the plugin audience is, right. because it's agnostic, yeah. because it's needed, and there's yeah. not really other public documentation besides the Stripe website. There could be like, you know. yeah. It reminds me of a, there was a business, I forget what it was called. I don't think it was Ning, but it was something like that, where it was a social community for brands. Oh, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was Ning, but it's they. Ning was a was definitely like a social network type thing, but I think there's something else where it was like, but they created a community for every big brand. They took like the list of like the Fortune 500, and they created a website and like here's where people who like Coca Cola can talk. Mm -hmm. And they had like a forum and blah blah and all this stuff. And then their business model was like, we're going to maintain it, and then if it's busy, we're going to sell yeah. it to Coca Cola. Like Hopefully for a thousand dollars a month, you can claim it and then manage it. And for mm -hmm. like a hundred thousand dollars a month, you can get extra features. Mm -hmm. So I could see something kind of similar where like a distributed documentation company is like, we're going to do documentation better than you are. Okay. And we're going to maintain it for Stripe and Stripe. If you want to pay us, you can manage it, but we're actually going to do such a good job at it. that like, we're going to rank higher than you on Google. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to kind of force you to pay to get access to that traffic coming to our better document. But the thing is like, Here's the thing I thought about this is um, this is definitely an itch. Like we have documentation mm -hmm. is a problem. It's so hard to find. Maybe we just need to find them. People who are love doc, writing, writing documentation, documentation and are good at it. 
And like, we don't like writing documentation. That's why we want a business to handle it. So it's like, here, we're thinking, if we were going to start this business, do we really love documentation? Like, no, it sucks. So <laughs> you need to find the person who does, and this will be a good business for them. It's, I don't know. It's, it's there's something in there. You, I think yeah. you could build an MVP. I wonder how you submit a schema, or do you just. Oh, uh, like the update. The, yeah. You, I don't know. And they're all like, you know, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook figure them out, you know. You build them, they design. There's they like need a, them. But it's so open, they, so they probably have discussions. Like schema.org, right? It's like yeah. they house them. I, they, I haven't been there in a while, but they probably like, hey, we're having a discussion or have a Slack or something. I don't know. To, so you could say, hey, we need, like, how to is nice, but we need like a documentation. documentation. Yeah. When I thought of that, I'm like, there is, like, it's HTML, like heading, whatever. Yeah. But could you build like a crawler that knows, oh, this is documentation? And just accounts for all the different documents, or like, or you just add it manually, like you link to yeah, API yeah. Stripe.com, and you're like, this is all documentation. It gets crawled, mm-hmm. and we, you know, I mean, it's it's it has a format, and like headings. They're not all exactly the same, but there's headings and sections, you know, mm-hmm. code blocks. I don't know. It would have to like be tagged with like the company name, like certain like hidden things about it that make it trustworthy, mm. you know. Yeah, and maybe like the URLs to the would feel really spammy official sometimes. doc yeah. on the business not. site would have right. to be a part of it, so that because we do that often, we'll put like a, a portion of the documentation. Like if you really, you know, here's Stripe's documentation about APIs, and go there and read it. So it would be like, you know, that's the thing. Like I always, version I always want to link to the source, but like their documentation is not good, so we do it like yeah. we have to because we can't. It's their documentation's out of date. That's true. That's funny. Yeah. It's like I'd rather just link to PayPal on how to do something, but they're definitely too something. I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. I think there's um opportunity there, documentation company. Maybe there are. It's funny, like there's, there's the ones probably people tackling this. For it's you. Like if we did research. Yeah. It is yeah, I mean it's just different. if we hired one person, like and it people people are like, hey, this documentation is out of date on your site and you have to put yeah. someone on it to update it and like that's the nature of it man some people are like so upset though it's like look um was there an angry person yeah i guess i think of how you know like people get upset that documentation is out of date or like an integration is out of date and you're like i don't have to tell you but like the web moves and changes yeah. like and it's fr- actually it's frustrating about the web. Like and all us old timers who've been in business for 15 <laughs> years and working with like the old school HTML, it's like web, like in 2005, like websites worked, you know, right. They, they still worked. And it's, did they really like 15 years later, do they need all this new stuff? Like there definitely was no paid memberships pro to make it easy to sell memberships. Like it's way easier now, but it like, you can never like just freeze in time. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like a microwave, it's yeah. like, this cooks your food. And like, it's not innovating anymore. Really. Yeah, like when you hold the button, it automatically starts. Or we got different knobs. We got a popcorn button. Mm-hmm. Like, that probably came out like 10 years after the microwave was invented. <laughs> and like, another, you know, like, they're pretty much the same yeah. forever. And it's like, the microwave just works. And it's like, refrigerators, you know, it's like, I, don't know, I mean, people are trying to push it. Like, your refrigerator talks to you or whatever. But for the most part, it's like, this technology is frozen. Like, it's going to work forever. Yes. You buy a refrigerator, it's not going to like stop working. But you buy a website, and it's like five years later. So, my website doesn't work anymore. How comes? And yeah. it's like, I don't have to tell you, like the web moved and like yes. we had, you, it takes work to like catch up and like, so it's, it's a tough, I mean, whatever, that's a problem in business we're in where you have to like constantly 
update your documentation and your source code and stuff. And so, yeah. you know, people get frustrated with it, but that's the deal. I don't know. Like it's, I guess we live in it every day. Sometimes right. like surprised, like, why is that out of date? How could that possibly be? And you're like, have you like not used the internet? Like there's, yeah, there's like, <laughs> like untrue stuff all over the place. Like there's out of date stuff all over the place. Like you kind of have to develop a skill to pick it up. All right. I don't love documentation enough to start that business. Yeah. So I think the someone should do it and then we'll subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you had like just like if you were somebody, you just had a bunch of documentation you maintained. Right. Like ten dollars a month for each module. You're like I went to Stripe, the PayPal, the two checkout. Yeah. Well, we pay a hundred dollars a month and you maintain it. How many people could you get to pay you a hundred dollars a month to maintain it? Yeah. I don't know. Or yeah. a lot. Or if you do like develop the schema and the web browser for documentation, then you consult with all the big companies to get them to like pay Probably, you to yeah. like manage their documentation. Okay. A couple more minutes. Oh, meta. Let's get meta. <clears throat> How did the podcast go? And do we have any ideas for names for the oh, podcast? Okay. I think it went well this time, but okay. I think we talked about these topics internally a little bit more too much beforehand. Yeah. So it didn't, it felt like, it's a recap Listening of what we already talked talk. about. Yeah, but yeah. it'll be more interesting to have topics that are like fresh. Fresher. We really have to be like, don't talk about that. Save it for the podcast, <laughs> which is hard. That's hard. Or just have more podcasts. So we, maybe it's like on the fly. Impromptu. Yeah. Name ideas? I don't How know do you feel about I agree with that. I think, well, yeah. I think it's casual. I think I drank my whole glass of wine and you didn't touch yours. I didn't touch mine. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it after. I have to take the dog to the vet later. So I'm yeah, it's tough. Um, she'll be okay. And um, yeah, this feels good. Is like I don't know, like looking at the computer or not. Do we have good chemistry? Good chemistry. Uh, he's touching me. This <laughs> is fun. I don't have any yeah. ideas for names. I felt like something would stand out, but maybe if we Nothing's watch it, think out. about it. Yeah, if people have ideas, feel free to recommend. How about I married my boss? I married my boss. <laughs> okay, that's good. Because you married me. But it sounds like I married you. something different. Yeah. Oh, does it? But is it, that why it's funny? It's clever. Like, married it's not to what you your think work. It is. Married mm. to your work. Married to work. That sounds bad. Yeah. I don't need things. Don't ask me to name it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just shocked that it's like we haven't been interrupted. And Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, dogs, was like, the dogs were a problem before. Yeah. She had her tennis ball. And the kids are downstairs. They're doing good. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. All right, we'll think about names. Okay. This was good. We're gonna keep track next week. We'll be back next Friday. Thanks, y'all. Hopefully, we'll see these comments. I don't know if we should do it on the show. Should we? I think. Okay. Should we? Let's do it now. Why not? We can always edit it out. But someone's like just having an issue with PM Pro. That's not fun. No, it's not an issue. I am He's just saying hi. Uh, All right, Patricia would love to work with her partner. Um, I know it's good. It's like. It doesn't people, work for everyone. Yeah, some people are like, how could, how I, could never, I could never do that? And it's like, I guess it's almost a song. You're like, well, you have to like them a lot. And like, <laughs> like It's not always like, roses. No, it's tough. Movie. I feel like it gets tougher every year. Yeah. Um, but it, it's nice. We definitely get to spend a lot of time together and like build things and share together. And it's, it's verging on too much time these last few months, I want to say. It is like a night. You're like, can I just go watch like my own TV Doesn't show? Doesn't everyone just want to be alone? 
for a it little is, bit. Like, there's nothing to talk I know about. There's lots of people that are completely alone yeah. and they would love to have a rowdy household uh, with them, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I don't not want a rowdy household. This I just. The real me. This is, okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like an hour of alone time would be in the office. Innovative. Yeah. No, it's cool. And uh, yeah, it's it's good. But it's hard. We have nothing to talk about. So it's like right. if we go out to dinner, we're like, "How are you doing? How was your day?" Yeah, that's like, I know. I was there. I was there. Yeah, there like, isn't yeah. anything new. Yeah. That's why I bring up really random stuff. Yeah. We're gonna have a segment next week, nerd shit, where Jason oh. talks about Bitcoin and I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> I'll be like, with the bottom. I try to like, talk when Kim's eyes plays over, like, do you need me to talk about physics to help you fall asleep? Um oh my God. what else? Okay, some other folks looking forward to installing Parents Pro for SAS in about a month. Oh, cool. Awesome. James, good luck. Let's know if you have issues. Connecting OAuth for a okay. single sign-on. Um microprograms, cool developer. Oh, you're all right. You found our developers page. Oh, awesome. Nice. Hopefully they can work out. We've done single sign-on with things, so let us know how that works out. It kind of just depends on like what you're integrating with. Mm-hmm. Mary Jo says, hi, wash hands I emoji. think she meant to do waving hands. Oh, wave hands. Okay. Is there washing hands emoji? Jared no, there should be. <laughs> yeah, Jaren and Mary are on our team. PHP page locking recipes on our list. Um, oh, because if it's at... Is it not the WordPress site is kind of outside of it? Or maybe they're going to lock Oh, yeah, locking files outside of the WordPress. So if your app is on the same server in a different folder, mm-hmm. you can use that one. That is super cool. Yep. Boss Corner. Boss Corner. Says, oh, thanks for watching. Uh, Ansi, did you hear Married My Boss? I think that that's good. Married My Boss. <laughs> boss Corner. Supreme Leader and Boss Lady. <laughs> Those yeah. are our internal team. Yeah. No, nobody calls me Boss Lady. They just had to give me a name. Uh. We'll think of something. Hmm. We'll have the kids name it. We'll be Princess Unicorn yeah. and yeah. Dabby McDabbers. That's what you'll be. Yeah. Doesn't have to sign up. Isaac, how should we sign up with the dab? <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. That was good. Till next time. Yeah. See y'all. Next week, Friday.